0: Hello, Real Life Church. It's Melanie here. Um, lovely to be with you on this bank holiday weekend. We've had a couple of weeks off. Myself and Stuart and Levi and Asher had a holiday at home. Loads of fun adventures and climbing and splashing and eating and playing games and yeah, just lots of fun. We are missing you like like crazy now. I I just can't wait to sing with you, chat with you, hug you. Like, oh, I just, yeah, just want to be with you all. So, um, we are hanging on in there and trusting that with all of this, God has got a good hold of us and a good hold of you. So, I want to speak to you today about inexpressible joy. I hope you're ready. A bit of joy. I hope you're ready to um, go back into the field, go back into your story and find the treasure that God has got for you there. Um, I was 20 years old when I met Jesus for the first time. I was in my bedroom on the floor reading the Bible um, from the story of the woman caught in the act of adultery in that moment I knew that I was that woman and I was face to face with the God man Jesus and I and I wept and I cried out for him to save me and on that night I became a disciple I knew that God now lived in me I was fully known fully loved totally forgiven by my father and what I had in that moment and to be honest what i still have is inexpressible joy i was baptized in water as the bible tells us to and i was filled with the holy spirit and the holy spirit created in me a hunger for the holy spirit see i, I just love to be filled with the Spirit. I just I just love to hear his voice, um, go where he tells me to go. I, I'd never read the Bible before. I'd never owned a Bible before. Um, and so I, um, following very good advice, um, read the Gospels over and over and over again. I still now do that. I still read the Gospels over and over and over again and I remember asking, and I still do this now, for the Holy Spirit to teach me as I read the Word. This still has a massive effect on my life. I, 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 I still think there's something about getting a good amount of Jesus in your diet when you're reading your bible understanding who he is and what he's like i think he is outstanding and that has so shaped my my journey with jesus i still know no better place than the bible to meet with jesus to hear from the father and be empowered by the holy spirit i i don't feel like i can describe the joy in knowing him. I can't do it justice because it it feels to me an inexpressible joy. I do feel like the man who stumbled upon treasure in the field. I think John Newton had a good go at describing it when he said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like Me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And I know today that the Father wants to release that inexpressible joy. He wants to walk us back into the field and show us the treasure and take us forward. You see, joy in God is, is not dependent on our circumstances or our situation. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 10, it says this Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, yet we have everything. It doesn't change joy, even in great pain or struggles or disappointments. You see, joy is a deep and consuming happiness in God that holds us through it all. I want to look at a parable with you. Remember that parables are little stories with big ideas. They are little stories with big ideas. Remember that parables reveal truth to those who have ears to hear, but they conceal the truth from those who are hard-hearted and turn their faces away from God. So a deliberate decision to ignore God when he shows up, when he's speaking, when he's in the place, a deliberate decision to ignore him. That's that's what it means to be hard-hearted And I want to pray right now that we'd be those who have soft hearts and ears to hear. So Jesus, we come before you now humbly. We come before you knowing that you're the one, that you're the Christ, that you're the Saviour, that you're our King. And we say to you, give us ears to hear what the Spirit might say to us now, in this moment, in this place, that we would be those with soft hearts that we would be those with open ears, that we would be those who have eyes to see what the Spirit might say to us, might say to the church. Jesus, we love you, honour you, worship you. We want to hear from you today in this moment. Amen. If you have a Bible, you are welcome to turn to Matthew 13, 45 and 44. So uh, most of the parables are found in Matthew, Mark and Luke, loads of them are found in Matthew. So this is the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl and it says this, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement or in his great joy, He hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered the pearl of great value, great worth, he sold everything he owned and bought it again. I love those. I love both of those parables. I think they are fantastic. I'm going to share a few things out of it and hopefully stir you to go searching, go on the hunt for treasure, pearls and great joy. Inexpressible, inexpressible joy. You see, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is simply this. It is the place where Jesus himself is the crowned, king of kings and lord of lords it is currently now a spiritual place but when he comes again when he comes in glories when the angels blow the trumpets and and heaven tears open as the king of glory comes back to earth when he comes again the kingdom will be everywhere and everything. To be found in the kingdom, and this I want to be very clear about from the outset, to be found in the kingdom, we come through the king. He's the only door, the only gate, the only way into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The entry fee to get into the kingdom is worth more than you or I could ever, ever imagine it was it is beyond what we could ever afford you see our salvation is not free and I know I've said that in the past and I actually believe that to to one degree or another so it's not earned by our works or our riches or our standing or our wealth or anything that we bring our our good acts our our good deeds it's not earned by that But it's also not free. It is priceless. And the only one who can pay the price is Jesus. You see, the demand or the requirements to be in the kingdom is to be perfect as your father is perfect. So to be able to stand in the presence of God, to be able to be in the holy of holies, the most holy place where God himself dwells, the entry, the fee is perfection. The father knew from the very, from before the very beginning of time that the only one who had enough was his perfect, flawless son, Jesus. You see, we come by the blood or we don't come at all. His life sacrificed on the cross, Jesus's life, his perfect life sacrificed on the cross was the price. And the empty tomb was the father's way of saying it's enough. He's paid it. He's done it. It's finished. The cross paid the price. The empty tomb said the price was enough. You see, we come freely in one respect because we, we, we can't pay that. We can't bring perfection. We can't arrive at the gates. We can't get to the door and say, I'm enough my perfection is enough my works are enough my deeds are enough we can't do that so in one respect it's free but it cost god it cost the son it costs the father it costs the spirit everything and that's where inexpressible joy comes from we never get there on our own We come by the blood or we don't come at all. The price is high for the kingdom of God, but the price has been fully paid by Christ. You see, both these parables say that that the treasure, the thing that the man found, that the merchant found was worth it all was was incredible was something of great value you see hiding treasure in a field is not something that we would do you see my riches or my wealth or my they're in a bank or actually they're probably tied up in our house my my wealth my 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 monetary value is tied up in the house but in biblical times it was often tied up in land and if you had Things of great worth or great value, you'd maybe put them in a jar or and you would bury it on your land, a little like maybe putting money under the mattress, so you would you would um, find your treasure, the things you did not want to be stolen or taken from your home, you'd put it in a jar, you'd bury it deep in your land, and in the story, the man found something that he wasn't really looking for you see some of the some of the versions of this story say he accidentally found it he happened upon it so it it was something that, that that he discovered with not a great deal of search and it looks like from the story that the valuables on the land didn't belong to the current landowner because you just wouldn't sell a piece of land that had that much value in it. You just wouldn't sell it or give it away. If it was your valuables and, and it was your land, you'd not sell it to someone who just came and said, do you know what, I, I like the look of your land, can I buy it? Or you'd sell it knowing that it had valuables hidden within it and you'd make that part of the price. So it looks like the guy who owned the land didn't actually know that the treasure was there, but that this man happened upon it or found something so valuable that he reburied it, went away, sold everything he had and came back to purchase the land. He knew what he discovered, he knew what he had found. Do you know, in my bedroom, on my floor, that night, I knew also. I knew what I had discovered. I knew what I had found. I've been going to church. I've been listening to sermons. I've been in worship times. i had been impressed by some of the people of God around me. i had been um, amazed by some of the teaching. I, but in that moment, I found the treasure in the field. And I knew when I had it in my hands, I knew when I saw how Jesus handled that woman, what he was like with everybody else who was throwing accusations at her, I knew in that moment I'd found the treasure. I understood that I was like that woman, that I had been caught in the act of disappointing God, sinful, living life my own way. I know I'd been caught in it, but I knew that Jesus didn't condemn me. I knew that what he had for me was total forgiveness, total love, total acceptance. I knew that what he had for me was a life that I definitely wanted and definitely wanted to live. You see, the man in the field had found the treasure, but I also in my field found the treasure. And I know some of you have also. I I also know some of you listening have not found the treasure in the field yet. You've not found the pearl of great You see, merchants travelled from city to city trying to find pearls of great worth. You see, pearls were like diamonds in biblical times and the merchant was searching for something special, something spectacular. He was on a mission. He was trying to find something that he could buy and sell on again. And when he discovered this pearl, and and some descriptions of the pearl say things like it's flawless or priceless or, or the ultimate pearl. When he found the fine pearl, the flawless pearl, the ultimate pearl, the priceless pearl, the perfect pearl, he sold everything he had to buy that one pearl. From both these parables, what we can understand are a few things. We can understand that people come into the kingdom of God in different ways. So some people look like they're searching, hungering, trying to find God, trying to find meaning, purpose, values. Others stumble upon it. Others, like the man who found the treasure in the field, find this thing accidentally, find this thing, they just happen upon it. And they go, my gosh, what is this? And they bury it, sell everything to buy the field. See, there's no telling who God is working in and how he is working. It's, it's one of the mysteries of salvation. I have sometimes watched people come to Alpha and be searching, asking questions, trying to find Jesus, have been sure that they're going to be the ones that make it and then someone else who hasn't been asking anything, who's been deliberately difficult, has, has seemingly, I've thought to myself, why are you even here, has suddenly gone on the Holy Spirit week, what must I do to be saved? And so we, we there's a mystery about salvation, there will be some who look like they're hungering, searching and find the pearl of great price. There will be others who stumble upon it and we literally are just going to go, what? And your story might be like that. You might have hungered for God. You might have searched for him. You might have been on Alpha's. You might have been to church. You might, And you also might have had a dream one night where God showed up. And in that moment, you knew he was real and you gave your life to him. You might have been five and there was a moment where you prayed a prayer and you were all done. You stumbled upon it accidentally. You found this thing that you were like, "I I need to give my whole life to this." You see, the treasure is Him, the pearl is Him and His kingdom, His never-ending kingdom, the king, the place where He is king, and where we get to be a part of it because the price has been paid by such a generous, generous, kind, loving God. It's a high price to follow Jesus. I have to be honest. I won't ever lie when someone's ready to give their lives to Jesus. I tell them it is a free gift that cost Christ everything. But you have to deny yourself and follow him. You have to say, it is now all about you. I'm going your way. And so I I encourage people to consider it. I don't think we should make salvation easy in one respect. I think we should lay it out and say, this is what it means to follow Jesus. You will have to take up your cross and follow him. It will, in one respect, cost you everything. But it is the only right response to a saviour who gives it all. So when Christ laid down his very life in order that we might be right with God, it, it feels the only right response is that we lay down our lives so that we might follow him and trust him and be like him. I want to encourage you to do some things. I want to encourage you to visit your field and hold the treasure. I think sometimes we just don't go back to our story enough because we're all about moving forward and mission. and We're all about the next thing. And and sometimes we don't pause and visit our stories and wonder at our stories and hold our stories and go, my gosh. Now, I know there will be people here who've had the kind of dramatic conversion where you were maybe like me in your 20s living life um, in ways you should not have been living. And God interrupted it and you have a story where in one night everything turned around and some of you have a story where you have grown up in church you have grown up in families where who know God and love God and you don't actually remember a time where you've never known the goodness of God or the love of God or the knowledge of God and I to me I don't don't think your backstory necessarily is the story I think the story is whatever field you were in, whatever place you in, you discovered treasure. And you might have discovered that when you were five. And you might have discovered that in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. Well, the, the thing about your story is the treasure. The thing about your story is Jesus. The thing about your story is the king and the kingdom. The thing about your story is you once were lost, but now you're found, was blind. But now you see that like the hero of your story is not you. The hero of your story is him. The main player in your story is Jesus. The fact that he picked you up when you were beaten and you were down and you had no hope of ever being able to afford the price to be right with God and enter the kingdom of God. And he dusted you off cleaned you up, set your feet back on rock and enabled you to walk forward. It that's that's your story that's that's all of our stories i love i love that the ground at the foot of the cross is level we none of us come by our own merit we all come by the bloods we all come because of him and some of you need to hold your story again you need to get back in the field you need to examine what it is God did for you, you need to write things down, you need to look up scriptures of what it means to be saved, get into Romans and think what was I saved from and into, get into Revelation and look where where am I going, what am I doing, what does my future look like, you need to investigate and search, so I'd say some of you need to go back to your field, you need to go back in order to go forward, because in that field is joy, In that place is inexpressible, indescribable joy, because actually you were lost and now you're found. Visit the field, hold the treasure, examine it. Write your story down, look up scriptures, tell your story. Find anthems. So I like, I've worked out over the last couple of years that I will have anthems for, and they will be Christian songs, or hymns that basically are shaping me in that moment, in that time. And I, and I think that at the moment I've, I've got a couple of songs that literally are going round and round and round in my head most of the time and I've got them on at home and in the car and on my phone and I'm playing them and I'm allowing, I don't even know what God's doing with some of it but I'm just allowing it. If there's a song that's caught you but you think oh, i love this song play it because i think through the song got to be doing something so i've got two at the moment i've got rattle they're both elevation worship at the moment I think I'm a little bit obsessed with Elevation Worship at the moment. Um, Clearly, I'm a little bit obsessed with Jesus, but I'm loving their their song, their vibes, their feel. I'm loving how I'm accessing God in different and new ways. So I've got rattle and I've got graves into gardens. And I literally am singing those songs, hanging around those songs. Saying to God, what is it you're doing in those songs? There has been a release in me through certain lines in the songs of joy, and I, I can't, I can't describe it. It's just literally bubbling up, and I, and I'm feeling uh, a couple of lines. So I'll, um, I'll read it to you from my, from my diary. So since when has impossible ever stopped you? And and that that line, I'm like, since when has impossible? ever stopped you and I'm like I'm singing it I'm saying it I'm I'm hanging around it because God is doing something in that and I know he's unlocking some joy I know he's unlocking some disappointment and then I've got because the God of the mountains is the God of the valley this is from graves into gardens there's not a place that your mercy there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again oh i'm just like i'm literally just loving that those lines i'm living in them there's not a place that your mercy and grace won't find me again what a savior there's not a place that your mercy and grace won't find me again and i am hanging around camping out i am staying with those songs find yourself some anthems, get on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you find your music, get some anthems, find songs that just catch you, that just make your soul, like, like, rise, something in you just goes, oh, just gotta get me some more God there's still treasure in the field there's things to go back for and bring forward there's things found in your story that God wants to give you faith for other people's stories so found in my story are some simple things people in their 20s get saved and I know that in some it's not a demographic that is high in Sutton coalfield to be honest therefore it's not a demographic that's found high in our church However, I know that people in their 20s get saved. I know that because I got saved in my 20s. I also know that the young get saved. I know that the young get saved. And that has done something to me and affected My faith and change me because I visit my story because I know my story. I know that the Bible is powerful. I know that I need to be in it daily. I know that I need to be encouraging others to be in it. I know that the Word has contained within it life. How do I know that? Because it's in my story, because that's how I got saved. Because God spoke to me about this woman in John who, who just her life was unravelling and people were pointing and saying, look at how disgraceful she is. And Jesus stood in the midst of it. I, like you, I, I read my Bible every day for many reasons and I will do it every day of my life for many reasons. The biggest one is, is how I got saved. But I know the word is powerful because it was powerful in my story. What's in your story? What's in your story that you can pull out, that you can um, share with others? See, I, I will tell people till I am like done, till I breathe my last breath, that you should be in the word. You should be in the word daily. You should be drowning as a Christian without it. You shouldn't be able to do ministry without being in the word it literally grieves my heart when people are not in their word why because it's in my story because it's the very thing that that saved me i know that prayer matters I know the prayer that people pray when they get saved matters. It's why I make people do their own and do it out loud. And I say to people, if you're not ready to do that in your salvation, in your, you're not ready yet. Because I know that saying these things out loud and owning them matters. I know that even if it's a fumbly stumbly, my prayer, I, I remember it, fumbly stumbly all over the place. And I said at the end of my prayer, I said something like, oh, I think I might have forgotten to say uh, I'm sorry for this, this, and this, but I know that that salvation prayer matters it's why I help people have that moment, even if it's at their baptism or when they're filled with the Holy Spirit or in a recommitment or something. I like to help people have that moment because I know that I can hang my hat on it. I remember saying it, I remember what it felt like i and I don't think if you've grown up. With God as a reality your whole life, I, I, honestly, I think that's amazing. My boys are going to grow up like that. Amazing. But there should be moments that you can hang your hat on. And I like to help people have those moments because it's in my story. I know that the Gospels are a brilliant place to get hold of Jesus. That was one of the best bits of advice I was given when I was newly saved. The person who taught me to read my Bible said, don't go anywhere else, stay in the four Gospels until you've got Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I'm so grateful because that has shaped me. And now, I, I, if no matter what book I'm reading in the Bible, I've always got a Gospel on the go. I always want to make sure I've got the Jesus stories just in me, just, just running. It has shaped me. It's shaped ministry that I've done, shaped how I preach, how I worship. It has shaped me because it's in my story. I believe some of you have got stuff in your story to go back for, bring forward and help shape other people's stories. I think even now you're worried, thinking what's in my story, when did I get saved, how did it happen? I think some of you have got kids work in you because in your story you were saved young and you know that you can be and you know that it matters i think some of you have got youth 20s i think some of you have got immense faith for those who have got unsaved partners because in your story is some of that i know some of you have got faith for healing and miracles because it's so intertwined in your story whatever it is there's treasure in the field to go back for that will bring indescribable, inexpressible joy And there are still pearls to find, you know, there are still precious things in God to find, there are still people out there, there are still places out there where we are to search and we are to discover, where we are to throw energy at it, where we are to show love and kindness and grace and mercy. There is still much, I think, to discover out there in Sutton and the surrounding towns and villages. We still have much, to see, much to find, much to do. We still need to be hunting around in our own lives for things that God wants to deal with, but things that God wants us to give away as well. We still need to be looking for people. So people need to be searching, but we need to be searching too. And there's nothing better than helping someone on their journey with Jesus actually searching for pearls in their lives and saying, I see this in you, I know this about you. I want to help you move forward. I want to buy you this book. I want to get this Bible in your hands. I want to speak this word over you. I want to show you such kindness that you are going to be left feeling like, who is this person and who is that God that she or he knows? There are real pearls out there, real treasure. There is real joy for us real life church, real joy to discover in our own stories and in the lives of people around us that we have much more to come. And I know that as the days get darker, I know that the people of God, that the stories of God, that the things of God, that Jesus himself will shine brighter. I know that we will see things that will literally bring great joy in heaven and great joy on earth. 1 Peter 1 verse 8 says, you love him, the Christ, you love Jesus, even though you've never physically seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And I want us to visit our stories. I want us to remember the man, the God-man who gave it all, who paid the price so that we could come into the fullness of God, the kingdom of God, that we could come face to face with the King, that we could know our Father, that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we could live our best life now. Not our easiest, not pain-free, not rid of disappointments, but our best life now. So I want to pray for us. I want to pray that you would discover in your story real treasure, real pearls, that you'd see Jesus afresh, that you would go on the hunt for things, for people, for places, that God wants to bring inexpressible joy. I feel like in this time when it is hard That the people of God will be seen because of their inexpressible joy. Because even when it's tough, even when it's hard, even when there is despair, we found the treasure in the field. We found the pearl of great price. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We honour you. We know you to be the treasure. We know you to be the pearl. We are those who found you in a field. We are those who stumbled upon it, happened upon it. We are those who were searching, those who were longing. And we got you, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We got entry to your beautiful kingdom where you rule and reign. We know one day you will return and you will gather us all up and every eye will see that you're the Christ, that you're the one. Every tongue will confess, every heart will know that you're the saviour, that you're worth it all that you're the treasure, that you're the pearl. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We ask for you to fill us with your spirit and release in us inexpressible joy, a joy that is not dependent on our circumstances, our situation, our disappointments, our successes, our failings, is not dependent on that, but is deep, is something deep that you've done in our hearts that, that sits with us, rests with us, stays with us through it all. Lord Jesus, we love you. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Well, Real Life Church, stay on if you want to listen to some more things watch some more things stay as connected as you possibly can in these times it is important for us to be together and if being together means we're on zoom we're on youtube then then do it if being together means we wrap up warm and go on a walk with a few people from our life group do it if being together means we knock on one another's door and stand a safe distance and pray with one another, chat with them, do whatever it takes, Real Life Church, to be together. We love you guys, take care.